0: Uh, If you find about the middle of your Bible, uh, which would be the book of Psalms and Proverbs, then uh, go back to your left and you'll run into 1 Kings. Uh, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 17, and uh, we're going to uh, read uh, verses 8 through 16. So if you find your place, as our custom is around here, please stand with me for the reverence of the reading of the Word of God. 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 8. The Bible says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, talking about Elijah, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but an handful of milk. A barrel and a little oil and a cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die, and Elijah said unto her, fear not.' Go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord ascendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruse of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. God, thank you for this uh, wonderful Sunday, Lord, where uh, we have all these uh, wonderful ladies gathered here with us and uh, uh, celebrating mothers. And, and Lord, I pray that you would bless us as we uh, turn our attention, Lord, to that subject here this morning. And, and God, I pray that the message would be a help and a blessing. Uh, Lord, as I always pray, if there's someone here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, that they would accept you today before it's eternally too late. Help us as, oh, that our Christians, Lord, to allow the Word of God to change us and help us and make us better. We love you and we thank you for it. We give you the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So I found a couple uh, poems or sayings about mothers uh, that I want to read to you this morning. Uh, The first one is called this, Real Mothers. And here's how it goes. Real mothers know that their kitchen utensils are probably in the sandbox, okay? <laughs> the kids even play in the sandbox anymore? All right. Real mothers often have sticky floors, filthy ovens, and happy kids. And may I say this, happy husbands too, amen? Real mothers know that dried Play-Doh doesn't come out of carpet. All right, there you go. Real mothers don't uh, want to know what the vacuum just sucked up. Real mothers sometimes ask, why me? And get their answer when a little voice says, because I love you best. Real mothers know that a child's growth is not measured by height or years or grade. It's marked by the progression of mama to mommy than to mom. And then I, I found another one that's called images of mother. Four years of age, my mommy can do anything. Eight years of age, my mom knows a lot, a whole lot. 12 years of age, my mother doesn't really know quite everything. 14 years of age, naturally, mother doesn't know that either. 16 years of age, mother, she's hopelessly old-fashioned. 18 years of age, that old woman, she's way out of date. 25 years of age, well, she might know a little bit about it. 35 years of age, before we decide, let's get mom's opinion. 45 years of age, wonder what mom would have thought about that. 65 years of age, wish I could talk it over with mom. And uh, so if you think about these things and think about uh, what a mother is, and uh, this morning I was uh, praying this week, of course, about uh, uh, the message God wanted me to bring. I was praying about different women in the Bible to preach about and what would be a blessing to you ladies on Mother's Day. You know, there were a lot of options that came to mind. Who I really wanted to pre- preach about was J.L., all right? Who's J.L.? Probably one of the baddest women in the Bible, amen? Amen. <laughs> She lured the Canaanite general into her tent, nailed his head to the ground with a tent spike to save the day. Wow, what a woman! But I figured I better not give you women any ideas, amen? <laughs> we men can pretty, be pretty big boneheads sometimes, and just because we are, we don't want a spike driven through our heads, okay? And so guys, be very weary if your wife comes to you tonight with a hammer and a spike in her hand, amen? And now, I want to preach to you about this lady here in 1 Kings chapter 17. In fact, I, I was reading through my Bible this week and, and came across this story, and the Lord uh, kind of brought that to mind when I was preparing the message. And I want to preach to you this morning on this title, The Ingredients of a Christian Mother. The Ingredients of a Christian Mother. Now, I borrowed that title from a book I have in my office, uh, but uh, the message didn't come from the book, uh, it, uh, but, but I like the title. So I'm going to go with that title, The Ingredients of a Christian Mother. and uh, we're going to look here in the Bible at this lady and look at who she is and some things that made up her life. Now, first of all, let me just say this. Uh, We're not just talking about a mother. We're talking about a Christian mother. Amen? By the way, ladies, despite what this culture says, you're not a birthing person. You're a mother. All right? And uh, by the way, let me just say this loud and clear for some of you visitors. This is not a politically correct church. Amen? Amen. I could give, I couldn't care an ounce what the culture says about things. I'm more interested in what God has to say about it. Amen. Listen, mother is a female. Dude, why do we even have to say that in this culture? Amen. Mother is a female. Amen. Not just a woman who gives birth, but a woman who takes serious her responsibility to teach and train up her children in the ways of the Lord. And we see some of that uh, in this story, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. The first thing I want you to notice about this dear mother in this passage is her brokenness, her brokenness. Notice what it says there in verse 10. It says uh, that she was a widow woman, a widow woman. Now, the Bible doesn't give us the circumstances of how she lost her husband. But she still, uh, according to our passage here, has a rather young son. So we can assume from the context she was a young widow. Let me just say this. I couldn't imagine what it would be like uh, living life without my spouse. Being a widow cannot be easy. And yesterday we were able to uh, uh, visit with some precious widow ladies. And let me say this, folks. Hats off to our dear widows who make it day by day without that companionship, without that help, without the love, and everything goes with not having your husband. Again, I can't imagine functioning life without my spouse. And so, yes, it's hard enough just being a widow. But imagine being a young widow. I have a friend that at, uh, we were in Bible college together, and uh, he passed away when he was 37. And I remember going to his funeral and uh, singing his wife, and his wife was actually a little bit younger than him. And uh, here was a lady in her early 30s and uh, with two young daughters. And and uh, of course, uh, uh, you know, as my wife and I went to that funeral, we, we we didn't have a point of reference to what she was going through, but we felt for her as she was going to be facing life now as a young Widow. And no doubt you've heard stories of things of that sort. And so there was some brokenness in the life of this mother. But let me say some things to you this morning because I want to be an encouragement to you. Uh, let me give you, read some verses about uh, those that are broken. The Bible says in Psalms 34, verse 18, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Psalms 51, verse 17, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken broken and contrite heart, O oh God, Thou wilt not despise. Now listen, I can't read your heart this morning. Amen. That, that, that's between you and the Lord. But I have no doubt there's probably some brokenness here in the hearts of some of our dear ladies here this morning. By the way, maybe not just the ladies, maybe some of the men as well, maybe some of the young people. Listen, folks, brokenness is some of those things that in this life we just have to deal with. And I'll be honest with you, it's not always easy. By the way, life's not always fair. Sometimes life just flat out stinks, does it not? Right? But you know what we find about this lady? And we're going to get to this. But even though she was had some brokenness in her life, listen, it didn't keep her down. Amen? It didn't stop her. And so uh, we notice, first of all, her brokenness. Next, I want you to notice this. I want you to notice her burden. Her burden. Notice what it says in verse 10. So he, talking about Elijah, went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And this wasn't just, you know, she was out picking up her yard type thing, okay? In fact, verse 12 explained to us exactly what she was doing. She says this, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, and I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Think about what it's saying here. Not only did she have a brokenness for being a widow, but she carried the burden of making sure her, her son was cared for. You know why? Because her husband had passed away. Now it fell on her shoulders to make sure her son was cared for. And you know what you find out in life is this. A mother must not only deal with brokenness in her own life, but she also carries the burdens and the lies of her family also. Think about that—the uh, the burdens that a mother carries, and and again, not just for herself. Although you know what, ladies, you have your own burdens, but it's not just your burdens you've got to carry. You've got the the family and other people that you're helping bear their burdens with. And no doubt, this burden was—if her husband was alive, he would have been carrying it. But you know what? Now it was her burden to carry. I'm sure she didn't want this burden. I'm sure she didn't like this burden. But regardless of the circumstances, you know what? She she carried it. She carried her burden. Come on, ladies, think about it. When one of the kids gets sick, who do they want? Right? When the kids get up in the middle of the night and they're sick, hey, thank God they don't ask for Daddy. Amen? Right? No, Daddy's over there snoring, getting his night's rest. You know who they want? They want Mama, don't they? You know what? They they uh, When someone in the house is having a bad day, who do they want to be there, be strong for them? Who do they want to tell about it? You know who they want? They want Mama. Amen? You know what mama God has created you in such a way to where you are a nurturer and you uh, are there to to help carry those burdens. In Proverbs chapter 31 it talks about the Virtuous woman. And no doubt, uh, every Mother's Day, every preacher is going to reference somewhere along Proverbs 31. But Proverbs 31 describes for us this lady uh, who was known as the virtuous woman. And I'm not going to preach by any means that whole chapter, but I want you to notice a few character traits about this lady. Here's what it says about her in verse 25. It says, strength and honor are her clothing. Think about that strength. You know what a good Christian mama is? She's strong. She's, and I'm not just, just talking about physical strength. Uh, Cause you know what? You can be strong spiritually whether or not you're strong physically or not. I've known some dear precious widow ladies, and you know what? Physically, they didn't have much left, but man, they were giants when it came to their faith. Amen? They were strong. Strength and honor are her clothing. And then it says this about her in verse 27. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Hey, you know what this tells us about this mama? She was a burden bearer. She was a burden bearer. And again, good Christian mamas bear burdens. Ladies, let me say this. That's why you need God's strength to be the mother He wants you to be. Amen? Listen, you can't do it on your own. You're not just dealing with the burdens of your own life, but you're dealing with the burdens of your family, and you're dealing with the burdens of those around you. You must, you must, you must draw strength from the Lord. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 28, verse 7, listen to these verses. The Bible says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise Him. Hey, did you hear what that verse said? You know what the source of your strength is, dear mama? You know what it is? It's the Lord. Amen? It's God. He's the source of your strength. He's your strength. He's your shield. The Bible says in Psalms 118 verse 14, The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. Isaiah chapter 12 verse 2, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. How in the world can you as a Christian mama get the strength to not just deal with your your things and your burdens and your brokenness, but carry everybody else's also? I'll tell you how. you got to tap into a super supernatural source of strength amen and by the way you have one available it's called the lord it's called god i love the description here it's it's the lord jehovah amen And i'm gonna promise you this ladies god will be there to give you the strength you need when you need it so we see first of all about this dear lady uh we see her brokenness we see her burden but notice what else we see about her we see her beliefs her belief. Look, if you will, back with me to 1 Kings chapter 17. And again, notice some of the verses here. And it says in verse 13, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of milk shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went... And did according to the saying of Elijah. Now imagine this scenario. By the way, folks, listen to me. Don't read the Bible like you read a fairy tale. Amen. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a book of just feel good stories to you know uh, uh, teach us some historical lessons. No, this is the divine inspired word of God. Amen. Yep, yep, yep. And everything you read about it's true. Yep. And when the Bible says here and talks to us about this scene, think about it as a literal scene. Imagine it for a minute. You're down to your last meal for you and your son. You're out gathering the necessary things to make a little fire so you can literally make your last meal. Alright? Not not figuratively, literally your last meal. And here comes a strange man. By the way, read the story about Elijah. Amen. Elijah looked a little on the rugged side. Amen. He was known for being a hairy man. I relate just a little bit. Amen. All right. Known for being a hairy man. He was girded in in, in, in camel's uh, hair. I mean, listen, Elijah was a rugged man's man. Know about, uh, think about it. Here comes Elijah walking up to this lady. All right. And she began, he begins asking her for some things. Now, I'm sure at first she gets, she gets looking around and thinking, wait a minute, are you talking to me? Are you, you want me to do something for you? She asks for water. And then after he asked for water, he, uh, about, about hearing about her situation, think about this, he had the audacity to ask her to take her last little bit of provision and give it to him. Now, when you first read this, you may think that this request from Elijah seems to be self-serving and could come across as maybe selfish. But as most things when it comes to the workings of God, listen, things aren't always as they seem. Now imagine what would you, what, what, what would you do, alright? Imagine. Would you tell Elijah to get lost? Would you have a breakdown? Would you have a meltdown? Would you start screaming at him at how selfish he was and how dare he ask such a thing? Would you start blaming God for your bad circumstances that have come your way? Listen, I'm going to tell you what this mother did. You know what she did? She believed. Amen? She believed. Notice what it says in verse 15. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. I don't just say this to the mothers here this morning. I say to all of us here present this morning, if you're ever going to see great mighty things from God, you must believe God and His Word. Amen? It comes down to belief. In fact, belief is the key that unlocks the door to the miraculous. You must believe. Belief is attached to almost every single promise in the Bible. Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. When it comes to salvation, you know what the key component to being saved is? Belief. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 15, That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. John chapter 3, verse 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath... Of God abideth on him. Listen to me, folks. It takes belief. Amen. By the way, you know what the, the, the only sin that sends a person to hell is? The sin of unbelief. It's the sin of unbelief. Not believing what the Bible has to say about our eternal state, not believing what the Bible says we must do in order to go to heaven. By the way, folks, listen to me this morning, alright? Listen, there's only one way to get to heaven, amen? It's the Bible way, alright? It's not a Baptist way, it's a Bible way. And the Bible's very clear on that. Jesus said, no man cometh to the Father but by Me. And if you're going to go to heaven, you must go to heaven through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, well, how do I enter into that relationship? It's very simple, amen? Hey, aren't you glad you don't have to work your way into that relationship? Aren't you glad you don't have to pay money to enter that relationship? Listen, the Bible's very clear on how we enter that relationship. It's by grace through faith. Amen? It's believing about Christ. It's believing who He is. It's you putting your faith and trust in His death on the cross, His resurrection three days later, and understanding you can't save yourself, and the only way to heaven is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what that's called? That's called salvation. You know how you receive it? By believing. By believing. So salvation cometh through belief. But not only that, several things in the Bible come through belief. How about this? Seeing God do a great work comes through belief. John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he also do. Greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Listen to me, folks. God wants to do great things on our behalf. By the way, hey, I know it's 2022, but guess what? God's still alive and well in heaven. Amen? Nothing's ever changed about God. I don't care the circumstances. I don't care the date on the calendar. God's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. And the same God who did the miraculous back then is the same God who has the power to do it today. Amen? You know what it takes? It takes belief. Belief that God can and belief that God will. How about this? Prayer. Prayer. You must, if you're going to have a prayer life, it must through be through belief. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, and you shall receive. Now, let me just say this: I I teach this to our church, and it's true. God's not a genie in a bottle. Okay. He's not there to grant you every little wish that you want. That's not who He is. But I'll just say this, amen. When it comes to things in our life that God wants for us to do, accomplish for His work, accomplish for His will, things we need, if we'll come to God in prayer and pray according to His will, believing, guess what? God will hear that, amen. And God will answer that. And so prayer comes through belief. How about this? Living the victorious Christian life comes through belief. Bible says in 1st John chapter 5 verse 5, the verse following our theme verse back behind me on the wall, Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God. And listen, if you're going to be a victorious Christian, it's going to come through belief. Amen. You got to have belief. Listen, mamas. When everything in this world has been against you being a godly wife, being a godly mother, and the woman God wants for you to be, it takes belief in the principles of the Bible to stand against the pressures of this life and in spite of all of that, be what God wants for you to be. Listen, folks, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't make sense. I mean, you think it really made sense for this widow woman to do what Elijah asked her to do? Listen, that didn't make any human sense, but you know what? She believed. She believed. So we see brokenness. We see her burden. We see her belief. And then, man, is going to get good. Amen. We see her blessing. We see her blessing. Look what it says again in verse 15. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which He spake by Elijah. So think about it for a minute. She went out that day to gather sticks to prepare the last meal and had no idea what her decision to believe the man of God would lead to. But you know what it led to, folks? Blessing. It led to blessing. Listen, she not only got the meal for that day, but she was sustained for many days, all through the famine, all through the bad economy, amen? God took care of her. You know why? Because of her belief. She was blessed because of her belief. Again, back in Proverbs chapter 31. Listen as I just read uh, the last part of that to you. And listen to these words here. It says this in verse 28. Her children, talking about the virtuous woman, arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. You know what that's called? Blessings. Blessings. And you know what these blessings were attached to? Her belief. Amen. Her belief. Listen to me for a minute this morning, ladies. It's worth being the Christian lady God wants for you to be. It's worth it. Let me say it again. It's worth it. Listen, it's worth knowing your role as a biblical wife and despite all the scoffings of this world, obeying those things. It's worth raising your children up in the admonition and nurture of the Lord, ignoring all the naysayers and the crazy looks that the other people in this life may give you because you're more interested in God's opinion than man's opinion. Amen? Amen. Listen to me, it takes belief to get that blessing. And let me say this, the blessings of God upon your life and the life of your children are priceless. Priceless. There's no amount of money that could buy those blessings. There's no amount of substitute in a life for the blessings of God. And no doubt this woman experienced that. So we see her brokenness, we see her burden, we see her belief, we see her blessing. Let me give you just this morning three practical truths from this lady, practical lessons from this mama. What can we learn this morning from this dear widow of Zarephath? What is it that we can take with this and help us be better mamas today on Mother's Day? All right. Number one. uh Uh-oh. I said us again. Amen. No us there. I'm not a mama. All right. I use uh, sometimes those, those, um, uh, pronouns and uh, describing things about the ladies and I put us and we. No. All right. You. All right. What can you learn from this to be a better mom? Let me give you three simple things. Number one, don't miss this. Don't let brokenness and burdens keep you from being a loving and caring person. Let me say that again. Don't let brokenness and burdens keep you from being a loving and caring person. Let me tell you what Satan wants to do. He wants to crush you as a Christian. He wants to crush you. Listen, you know what He wants to do? He wants to let the things in life that want to break you and the burdens to weigh you down, He wants them to make you become bitter and not better. And Let me tell you something, ladies. Listen to me. There is too much at stake for you to be a broken, bitter person your whole life and not live on the victory side. Listen, I'm not saying not shed tears. You're going to shed tears in this life. You will shed tears in this. I guarantee you'll shed tears in this life. I'm not saying that your heart's not going to get broken. It's going to get broken. Listen to me, we're living in a sin-cursed earth, are we not? I mean, come on, folks, listen. It's not going to be this day. It's not going to be this way all the time. There's something better waiting on us. But while we're here, we're going to have to deal with those things. Amen? How about this? Are you going to be a victim or a victor? Let me tell you what this world is trying to do. It's trying to make everybody a victim. A victim. This world, this culture is bent on a victim's mentality. Now you've got a choice to make. Are you going to let whatever circumstances come your way? By the way, you may not have asked for that circumstance. You may not have wanted that circumstance. But are you going to allow that circumstance to make you a victim or are you going to allow it to allow you to be a victor? Amen? By the way, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. So don't let brokenness and burdens keep you from being a loving and caring person. Again, that's why you have God to help you through that. Amen? Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. And let me tell you something, there's nothing that you're going through that God's not right there with you through it. Amen? So mamas, a lot of people are dependent upon you. you got an important job. And so you know what? Allow Don't allow those things to steal your love and care. Number two, don't miss this formula. I'm going to give you a formula this morning. Don't miss it. You ready? Here it is. Belief equals obedience, obedience equals blessings. Let me say that again. Belief equals obedience, obedience equals blessing. Hey, this widow woman in her house would not have, would have died had she not been obedient. Think about it again. She would, they would have died if she hadn't been obedient. Listen, it didn't make sense what Elijah asked her to do. It didn't make sense. It came off of selfish. It came off of who does this guy think he is? But you know what? She understood there was something different about him. He was the man of God, and he asked her to do something, and you know what? She simply obeyed, and because of the obedience, there were blessings! Let me tell you one of the most important things we as Christians can do, folks. Listen to me, and this isn't just for the ladies, this is for all of us here this morning, is to obey! Is to obey. Every time you read the Word of God and you come across something, and by the way, you stay in this book. You know what you're going to find out? It's going to it's going to rub you the wrong way, Amen. You know why? Because it's the perfect law of liberty, and when we look into it. Guess what? We don't. Guess what we see? Not perfection. I can tell you that. It points out the flaws. It doesn't lie to you. It tells you the truth, Amen. And by the way, God's interested more in us hearing truth and knowing truth than He is about our little feelings being heard, Amen. God's not about us feeling good all the time. He's about us being more conformed to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's what this Christian life's about, by the way. Amen. I'm going to tell you, you interact with that word, it's going to show you some things. And every time it shows you some things, and it points out things in your life, you got a choice to make. I got a choice to make. Am I going to obey it, or I'm going to ignore it? Am I going to do what it says, or I'm going to let the devil start whispering, Things like that. Well, that's not relevant to today. By the way, I talked to somebody this week, and, and they were uh, uh, a pastor, and were just you know trying to explain to me how that you know times are changing, and we need to change with the times, and you know start catching up with society. Listen to me, folks. I'm not interested in catching up with society. Amen. I'm interested in preaching, thus saith the Lord, letting the word of God do its job. Amen. Letting, preaching it true, true and straight so God can take it and work on hearts. Amen. That's my goal. That's what I'm about. Amen. I'm not about trying to stay relevant to this culture. I could care less what the culture says. Amen. I won't be standing before the culture and giving an account of anything one of these days. Belief equals obedience equals blessing. Every time we interact with that word, any time you sit through a preaching service and the conviction of God comes on your heart about something either you're doing or not doing, we all have choices to make. Amen? And listen to me. That choices, is, if we'll obey, will lead to blessings or those choices could lead to curses. By the way, every choice we make in life, folks, don't miss this, either has a built-in consequence or a built-in reward. Hey, you like your free will? I like mine. I'm glad God made me with free will. I'm glad God didn't make me a robot. I'm glad God didn't make me a yes man. God made me with a free will just like He's made you to live and choose and decide what we're going to do, what we're not going to do. But listen to me, don't miss this. Along with that free will comes built-in consequences or built-in rewards. And that's why we have the Word of God. to to give us uh, encouragement to what the rewards are, and give us warnings about what the curses are. Amen? And so if you want to be blessed, it's going to come from belief, it's going to then come from obedience. Amen? And and again, mamas, let me turn this back to you for a minute. So important that you have the blessings of God upon your lives. You know why? Think about this. Others reap the blessings based upon your obedience. Think about it. Others reap the blessings based upon your obedience. By the way, guess who ate along with the widow? Her son. Guess who else who ate along with the widow? Did you, did you pick it up when we read the verse? Elijah! Think about it for a minute. G- God allowed other people to benefit from her choice of obedience. So don't tell me it's not important what we do. Amen? Don't tell me, oh, my life I can do what I want and it only affects me. No, it doesn't. Big old lie. Amen? It does affect other people. So, obedience, belief equals obedience equals blessings. Now, let me close with one more thing here. And and I didn't actually make this part of the message this morning, uh, as far as a a key part of it, although we could have. Here it is. Here's the last point. You ready? Faithfulness leads to miracles. Faithfulness leads to miracles. Don't miss this. Verses 17 through 24. I'm not, again, for sake of time, I'm not going to read all those verses to you. But let me tell you what you find out. If you have a, a heading in your Scripture, you know what it talks about? Here's what it says. Elijah raises the widow's son. Here's what happens, okay? Uh, Bible, I'll, I'll read the first verse to you. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore, there was no breath left in him. You know what happened? Her son died. Okay, we're talking about the lady who, yes, was obeying. Yes, received the blessings. Guess what? Tragedy struck Her son died. And by the way, folks, let me just say this. I don't care how right you are with God. It doesn't spare us from the tragedies of life. Tragedies of life happen to everybody. Whether you're saved, whether you're lost, whether you're right with God or backslidden. It doesn't matter. Tragedies are coming because it's called life. Amen? But the difference is whether or not you're going to have God to help you with those things because your relationship's right with Him when you face those tragedies. So we see in verse 17 her son died. And you know what she did? She ran to the man of God and she went to him and cried uh, uh, uh to the Lord uh, or cried to him and he cried to the Lord. And here's what we see. Look down if you will down to verse 23. Bible said, or verse 22 at the end of that verse, it says, And the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber to the house, and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. You know what she experienced there? Something way more miraculous than a little meal and a little oil stained in the barrel. Listen to me, folks. Come on now. Hey, what other miraculous thing could you have except your your, your someone you love being raised from the dead? That's pretty miraculous. But you know what led to that miracle? Her faithfulness. Her faithfulness. You know why? Listen to me, folks. This process that happened with Elijah went went on over some time, okay? In fact, in the New Testament, uh, the Bible gives us the exact timetable. I believe it was a, a, a three, three and a half years that this famine uh, came. And so this happened over some time. But you know what? She stayed faithful. And because she stayed faithful, she was front row seat to the miraculous in her life. And let me just encourage you. Listen to me, folks. God wants to do some miraculous things. Now, not in the same way He did then, all right? He's not going to raise your loved one from the dead, at least the way we think He should. Hey, we're getting raised one of these days, amen? Praise God for that. When that trumpet sounds, we're all raising, all right? Every single loved one's raising if they're saved, all right? He may not do exact miracles He did back then, but it doesn't mean He still doesn't do miracles today. Doesn't mean God's still not working. God's still not by the way, let me tell you what I believe one of the greatest miracles is the miracle of a changed life. Right. To me, that's even a greater miracle than a physical raising from the dead. Amen. Raising someone spiritually from the dead. God wants to reach down, touch a life, change a life, take a person that was set on one path, set their feet on another path, make her into a whole different person. Amen. There's people in this room today, you are not the same person you were a year ago. You're totally di- you're totally changed. You know what that's called? A miracle! Amen? Amen a miracle. And by the way, there's more miraculous things God wants to do in your life. But you know where it comes from? Faithfulness. You just got to be faithful. Amen? Listen, just do what God says to do. Just do what the Bible says to do. Amen? Stay faithful to those things. Stay faithful to the Word of God. And you as well can experience a miraculous event the way this dear lady uh, experienced. Amen? So ingredients of a Christian mother, the things in her life. Listen, you know what? Those things are going to be in your life. Amen? But the choice is going to be what you're going to do with it. Alright? Are you going to respond how she responded? Or are we going to respond the way we want to respond, but in doing so, not be able to experience what she experienced? Let's pray this